Hi there! This is the PowerPoint Tribe, where our vibe is faith and our food is the Word. Prepare to be strengthened and encouraged through the teachings of God's Word and the ministry of the Spirit. Thank you so much for a very kind and pleasant welcome. Thank you so much, tribesmen. Good evening, everybody. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. It's such an... Can you hear me, please? I, I would like to be sure that you can hear me well. Um, okay. Is it any better now? Can you hear me clearly? All right. Thank you very much. It's such an amazing honor to be here tonight doing this, bringing the word to us. It's something that I do not take for granted in the least. I don't take it for granted at all. I am I'm so grateful and so honored. Please, can we join me to celebrate the senior pastor for this privilege, firstly, and also for the amazing work that he does pastoring us. It's, it's super amazing. It's super amazing. It's such a joy to be a member of PowerPoint Tribe. It's such a joy to be here and i just want us to appreciate pastor dami can we appreciate him and truly honoring thank you so much pastor thank you for the work that you do thank you for being a faithful servant we we are fruits of your labor and you know just by how we are growing we can tell that you're doing a very very honest job an honorable job thank you so much sir i would also like us to celebrate all the pastors Let's celebrate all our pastors. Our pastors are remarkable. Our pastors are, they are one in, I don't know, one in a lifetime kind of pastors. But they're so amazing. Our pastors are so amazing. Pastor AY, Pastor Yinka, PI, Pastor Nonso. We are so blessed. We are so, so blessed in this house. And I don't say this just because it's a feel good thing to say. I say this because, you know, it's the truth. And I mean it from my heart. We're so blessed to have faithful pastors, pastors who are committed to the word of God, who are committed to our growth. Well, you don't, you don't find that every day, honestly. You don't find that every day. And I just want to say thank you so much to all our pastors. I would also like us to thank all our leaders. Can we thank all our leaders? You can tag your, you know, HOD director and just thank every leader every leader at the tribe every leader at the tribe does an amazing job something that we might not even get to we, we don't have the full scope right we don't have the full scope of what they really do the labor that goes into that title it's it's a lot of work it's a lot of work it's a lot of work and I just want us to thank every leader I salute every leader in the house thank you so much thank you so much for being committed to the work and of course let's thank ellie let's thank our pastor's wife it's no small feat to be a pastor's wife i mean every time on social media we see people running away from being pastor's wives <laughs> because it's a lot of work so let's thank ellie she's doing so much behind the scenes that we don't get to see and even sometimes just by interacting with her you get to realize how much she gets to do how much work goes into you know the position that she holds thank you so much ellie we love you Tribesmen, thank you so much for coming out tonight and for just being ready to receive God's word. It's been an amazing time just preparing for this word tonight. And I believe that the Lord is going to take us on a journey that would refresh us, renew us, build us up and instruct us in very strong ways, instruct us in very strong ways. 
um, I would really like us to follow by the spirit so i would encourage us as much as possible to pray in the spirit underneath our breath wherever we are i would like us to really follow by the spirit because i believe that the lord will be dropping a word for each of us um tonight amen father once again we say thank you thank you for your word thank you because you have sent your word to us lord i receive grace this night to speak your word with so much humility and so much grace and I, I i do not add to your word i do not remove from your word i speak the word with sincerity of my heart as you would have me do in the name of jesus i pray that everyone who is listening tonight is edified everyone who is listening tonight leaves this place blessed in the name of jesus everyone leaves this place instructed in the name of jesus and these are not words that we will forget we receive grace to remember these words to remember these words. When 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 the words come to test us, we will, will not be found wanting in the name of Jesus. Thank you, sweet Jesus. For in Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. Amen and amen. All right. Tribesmen. So tonight we're just going to be starting with something that might seem a little basic. I'm just going to be sharing a story, right? I'll be sharing a story tonight. And the reason I'm sharing this story is because I want us to listen and I want us to give me feedback of what you think about the person I'm talking about, right, in this story. So I'll share a story, then you would listen and give me feedback on what you really think about this person that I'm talking about. So the story is of a woman, very short story, a woman who had a baby and she was all over her baby. She loved her baby so much. You could never see her outside without her baby. She was always with her baby, holding her baby, always loving up on the baby. And people were in awe of the inseparable bond, you know, between this woman and her baby, the extent to which she loved her baby. They were almost, you, could, you just couldn't find them without, you couldn't find one without the other outside, right? But here's the twist. Once this woman got into her house, every moment she got into her house, she abandoned a sweet baby. The baby will cry and cry and cry, but she won't give the baby attention. She won't carry the baby. She won't, she won't, you know, she won't do anything for the baby. She will just abandon the baby. And if the baby kept crying and the cry was probably getting too loud and she didn't want to get the attention of the neighbors, so neighbors don't come out and start, especially if you're in Nigeria, Neighbors don't come out and start saying, uh-uh, what happened to that baby? Take, carry the baby now. So she would turn up her music player to the loudest, right? Just so that nobody would hear the baby's cry and she could successfully abandon the baby. Today is not the day to talk about what happened to the baby at the end of the day. But the big question is, how would you describe this woman? The woman in this story. How would you describe her? Just hearing this story. How would you describe her? Hypocrite. Chameleon. Mm. Interesting words. I like the fact that we are not missing words. Inhuman. Olamide says, I'm not David. I see myself. Mm. Interesting perspective. Wicked. And let's keep the responses coming in. I mean... I can see hypocrites, chameleon, inhuman. Someone says, I see myself. Someone says, wicked. 
Okay, I mean, I can imagine that we have a lot of thoughts going on in our head. Some of us might even try to be considerate and be like, ah, maybe she has a lot going on and stuff. The truth of this, my analogy, right, is that... Um, the truth of my analogy is that you just might find yourself in this story. <laughs> If I say I think about it, why do we kill me? As much as I want to know why, yeah, it's too wrong. You might see yourself in this analogy, and we will get there to see how we just might be this woman, how it is possible that we are this woman. Tonight might be very, um, might be very reflective, and it might be strong, but I would just like us to receive God's word. Let's go to Second Peter 1. We have a number of scriptures that I'll be reading. But let's go to Second Peter 1. Let's start from there. Second Peter 1. It's quite a long read, but I will read quickly. I'll read from verse 1 to 10. Second Peter 1, 1 to 10. Simon Peter, a bond servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ. Please follow me. To those who have obtained like precious faith with us by the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. So he describes the people that he's writing this letter to. He says, he describes them as people that have obtained like precious faith. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises he has given us the promises that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust i love the way verse 5 then goes he says but that means that despite the provisions that have been stated between verse 1 and verse 4, there is a but. It's a reason. We should give all diligence. It's like giving all diligence. Now, there's some versions that would say to us that do all that you can do. Some versions say give it your best. Some versions say make all efforts, right? Right? So I think TPT puts it as devote yourself lavishly. In other words, give everything that you can give to do this thing. Give everything it takes. There is no room to slack. There is no, there should never be an excuse for not doing these things. But also for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith, virtue, to virtue, knowledge, to knowledge, self-control, to self-control, perseverance, to perseverance, godliness, to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, love. I love verse 8. It says, for if these things are yours and abound, that means that if I grow into these things and these things multiply in my life, I will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. I really want to have a conversation with Apostle Peter at this point. Because I am thinking, you say, if these things are yours, what things are we talking about? All of the things that he said we should add to our, our faith, 
our precious faith, right? That is even the reason that we are receiving this letter in the first place, right? It says, if these things are mine, the things that I have added to this faith, if they are mine and if they are bound, that is when and only when I will not be barren and unfruitful. Hmm. Does this mean that what Apostle Peter is telling us in essence is that if you do not have these things, if they do not abound in your life, then there's a very strong possibility of barrenness and unfruitfulness. Do we agree with me? I mean, this is scripture. Do we agree with me tonight? So I would really like to get our feedback if we are following me. All right. Thank you very much. Now, this is going to lead us into where we are headed tonight, pretty much. So you look at these things and then you, you begin to ask yourself, hmm, how do I define barrenness? How do I define unfruitfulness? It's very, it's very simple because it says in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. I like, a, I think it's God's word, God's word translation that says that if we do these things, if we have these qualities, then the knowledge of God will be productive in our lives. In other words, it doesn't really add up that the man that has obtained like precious faith in verse one can get to verse eight and he is found wanting. It doesn't add up. But at the end of the day, we realize that there are certain things that this man did not do. And that is why this man was found unfruitful and barren. By the time we look at, and, and I really want to emphasize on the preciousness of our faith, because I believe that the reason a man will not exercise himself to add to the faith, all of the things that he needs to add to the faith so that he can prove his calling and his election sure, like verse 10 of this chapter says to us, is because the man does not understand to a large degree, to a large extent, how precious his faith is. This man does not know yet that the faith that I have obtained is the most precious thing that I have on earth, is the most precious thing, is the thing that I should hold in heart. ISST. That is the reason this man will go about with excuses of why he's not able to add to this faith, why he's not able to pay attention to this faith, because there is a gap in knowledge of how precious his faith is. And while I was meditating on this, one of the things that the Holy Ghost started to say to me is that the reason you do not know how precious your faith is, is because you do not spend as much time with the author and the finisher of your faith. I'll take that again and I will, I will rephrase. The degree to which we all get to know the preciousness of our faith is proportional to how much time we spend with the author and the finisher of our faith. There are no two ways about this thing. If you do not spend time with him, if you do not follow him, if you do not know the author and the finisher of your faith, if you do not commit yourself to knowing him more and more, you will not understand the value of 
the faith that you have. You will not, the Bible says in verse 9, that he who lacks these things is short-sighted, even to blindness, and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. You can forget, sir. You can forget, ma. We can forget, and we need to understand that if we do not carry ourselves with caution, if we do not live our lives with fear and trembling, if we do not commit wholly to this faith that we have received, we can forget how, how precious it is. We can forget. So let's, let's check another scripture, right? The Bible begins to describe a man, uh, Matthew 13, 44. It says that the kingdom of heaven is like unto a man who found a treasure hidden in a field. The Bible says that he found that treasure and then he hid it again. I was stunned. What do you mean by he found the treasure and then he hid it again? Why is he hiding it again? Because you're hiding in this sense it does not mean that, oh, he's keeping it secret. It means that he understands the value of this thing. He understands the preciousness of this thing. The, Bi the Bible goes further to describe that man. And then he says that he sold all that he had just to get it. Okay, thank you very much for that care. Thank you. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto treasure hid in the field the which when when a man had found he hideth oh, king james and for joy and for joy thereof goeth and selleth all that he had and buyeth that field that means that he this man had possessions this man did nine to five this man had other things that were taking his time this man had other things that were taking his attention this man had a life before he found the treasure but the moment he found the treasure, he decided that the entirety of his life was going to be the treasure. He decided that his preoccupation day and night was going to be the treasure, the preciousness of your faith. When you understand that anything that can detach me, take me away from the faith, is not worth my time, is not worth my attention. Any movie that can by any means take me away from the faith is not worth my time. Any engagement, any job that can by any means take me away from the faith, help me, that can make me discount the preciousness of my faith, is not worth it. It's not worth it. And as I... You know, as I continue to brood on this, one of the things that the Holy Spirit then started to show me is that we must actually step back and check. We must step back and begin to check ourselves and check our hearts and begin to ask ourselves, where exactly is my heart in this matter of the preciousness of my faith? Where exactly is my heart? Where exactly is my heart? What is the state of my heart? Because we're talking of qualities that you must have and must abound. But where is my heart in these things? See, these things are not validated by church. These things are not validated by your church attendance alone. <laughs> that cannot be the that cannot be the marking scheme of your relationship with God. It cannot be how good a worker you are. No, that cannot be the scope of your relationship with God. It can't be the only scope. It can't be the only yardstick. There is something that all of us must go back to. It is that we must have a secret place with Jesus. It is that when you go back to your house, like the story I was telling at the beginning, when you go back home, when you come back from church, that there 
is a holy that you commune with is that it, it is that you prioritize your faith and it is not that when you get to church on Sunday, you just wait for sunday and then when you get to church on sunday you are crying in worship you are praying you are the loudest prayer your tongues are loud and they are thick your prayer posture is admirable oh everybody loves the way you walk around in church but how is your heart strong question how is your heart can i have jeremiah 17 9 to 10. Thank you, Jesus. Jeremiah 17, 9 to 10. Where is my heart? Where exactly? What are the things filling my heart? Jeremiah 17, 9 to 10. Um, so I'll just read it from here. It says, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? I mean, this is standard of scripture. That means it's possible that even you, you don't know your heart. I, the Lord, search the heart. I the mind. And this is where it gets really, really scary. It says, even to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his doings. And I started to ask myself, sir, doings, we're talking doings. Doings is actions, right? Doings is supposed to be actions. Why are you searching the heart? before you give me according to the fruit of my doings and you just get to understand that the reward system of god is very is far different from how we see things you see men can look at you and give you trophies give you awards give you medals for for being for being a for being a consistent church worker for example right but when when you come to el roy <laughs> the one who sees when you come to him when you come to his presence his judgment scale is different it goes into a place that no man has access to <laughs> it goes to a place that only him can see only him can see and then he goes there and that place is your heart and then he says he searches the heart and then he gives you according to the fruit of your doings little wonder the bible says Guard your heart with all diligence, because out of it comes the issues of life. In other words, the issues of life, the issues you consistently see in your life are a reflection of the state of your heart. The Whatever issues you see in your life are a reflection, a direct reflection of the state of your heart. You might not like it. It might not be the sweetest truth to swallow, but that's the truth. If we check it according to scripture, that's the truth. You cannot live above your heart. You cannot live. You cannot have a, a quality of life that is higher than the quality of your heart. You can't. Amen. And then, I mean, still on this heart matter, we get to talk about Eliab. First Samuel 16, 6. First Samuel 17, 28. You see, when... When you look at Eliab in 16.6, you look at him and you're like, Sir, I really pity you because Samuel has already said it. Samuel has already opened his mouth to say, the Bible says that Samuel said it, that surely the Lord's anointed is before him. In other words, in modern day palace, what that is is emoji. Man of God. Wow. Fire. You finish your ministration and everybody is just blowing you, hailing you. Yay! Man of God. 
They just see you behave in a particular way and they're like, ah, you're so meek, you're so humble. But only you and God know. Only, see, until you come to that secret place with Jesus, that is when you will now realize that, ah, this thing was eye service. That kneeling down that I was kneeling down to greet this person. That good morning mad that I was doing, it was eye service. It wasn't true. It wasn't genuine. It did not come from from a place of humility truly and if we don't have that secret place with jesus if we don't have that time with the holy ghost we would have a very big issue weighing our heart knowing see you just say that you become someone that you cannot recognize because you're not examining yourself you're not coming back to check your heart you're not coming back to check your heart so yes it i mean some also him as surely the lord's anointed is before him then you're just you can be pitting him until you get to first Samuel chapter 17 and 28. And then you look at this same Eliab, is where um David gets to um the valley of Ella, right? And Eliab, if David is asking, What are they going to give the man who kills this giant? And Eliab says, What are you looking for here? I know you, and the arrogance of your heart. I'm like, wow, see who is talking. The person that a few moments ago, they say is not the Lord's anointed, has the guts to say that it is because of the arrogance of someone else's heart. And for a moment, you're like, Eliab, do you probably want to take a selfie? So we really see who has arrogance in his heart. He said, you have, you have left. So you, in fact, just, it's just, it's just a matter of time. We'll begin to see why certain things did not come to certain people because look at we, we had not heard anything about Eliab before first samuel 16 but the moment he got to first samuel 17 we could now begin to see ah so god was not unfair after all ah so it wasn't that god is a bad it's not that god is a bad person no. it's just that you have tendencies i have tendencies and god has seen those tendencies and it's like until you address these things I can't give this thing to you. I can't hand it to you. I can't. Because your heart can corrupt an assignment. Our hearts can corrupt an assignment. Amen. Okay, so let's move. I, I'm trusting God for grace, honestly. Let's move to, let's move to how we can actually help our hearts. What are the things we need to consistently do consistently submit ourselves to to ensure that our hearts are in a good place but before we go there let's look at mark 7 i mean there are a lot of scriptures to read there are a lot of scriptures to read mark 7 20 to 23 and i just hope that i would like to encourage us to take note of these scriptures um and probably revisit them later on this was jesus speaking and he says, and he said, what comes out of a man that defiles a man? For from within, out of the heart of men, proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lewdness, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness. All these evil things come from within and defile a man. So the things that can defile us are from inside our hearts. And that is why you must be able to 
tame your heart. You must be able to purge your heart. You must pay attention to your heart because your heart can be desperately wicked. Your heart can be desperately wicked. It can, it can begin to bring, I mean, I, a good number of us might be able to relate with having some dangerous thoughts. There are some things you'll be thinking in your mind. You'll be sitting down. You'll be sitting down and looking at somebody and your face is so, is so innocent. You cannot hurt a fly. But the, the quality of things coming out from your heart, if they just, if they just say, let's just play your heart on projector. Ah, we'll be scared. If, let's just can, like can you confidently and that's the question she asked herself can we confidently give our hearts like we can just donate our heart as flash drive like play it on the screen people will be edified and strengthened people this my heart uh, it show me and you know we might be asking ourselves ah, is it possible everybody's heart everybody everybody's prone to this the bible says that blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see god so that means that you can be pure in heart. <laughs> First, that second Peter 1, verse 10, says that he who does these things, he says he shall never stumble. That's the standard of God's word. It is possible to come to a place where you never stumble. Amen. Okay, so let's move. Let's move and let's move fast. So I was talking about things that we can do to ensure that we just keep our hearts in check. And will help help us actually build the fruits of the spirit in our hearts because beyond what people see outside what you are on the inside, anybody can act fame anybody anybody can act fame but this thing that this life this our this faith is too precious for us to make it nollywood it's too precious our faith is not a Nollywood matter. It's not that you enter into character and you go out of it when you are ready. It's a life. It's a life that we must live. It's too precious for us to, for us to do on and off, for us to be in, inconsistent. So the first thing that we're going to talk about is keeping the commandments of God. Oh, if you want to, if we, if we want to come to that place where our hearts are tender, where our hearts are genuinely conforming to the image of God, then we cannot afford to joke with keeping God's commandments. We have to, we have to keep the commandments. And you know, the Holy Ghost explained keeping the commandments to me in a very interesting way. Let's let's open John 14, 21. Sorry, that's why I said we should hold our Bibles earlier. Because there are a lot of scriptures to open. John 14, 21. I hope we are being blessed tonight. I hope I'm not moving too fast. Um, John 14, 21. See what the Bible says. It says, He who has my commandments, one, and keeps them, two. This is a distinction. You can have commandments and not keep it. You can know and not do. You can hear and not do. And you see, the painful thing is that it's not even easy to have the commandments. Is it easy to come to church? No, 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 no. Is it easy to waking up 5 a.m. on Sunday? And, you know, when you can be enjoying your beauty sleep? Is it easy to have a Bible study routine and be reading your Bible? It's not easy to gain this commandment it takes sacrifice 
but it is possible for you to have the commandments and not keep them you see and i really like the fact that the holy ghost um inspired the 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 apostle john to write this as keeping commandments i like the fact that it's it is transcribed as keeping commandments and not just obeying because what you do when you obey is that you trap the commandments of god in your life you trap it in your life that it, it becomes a stature in you it increases to your stature when you obey god's word you are you are now the more you obey the more it keep out god's commandments you are in other words that means that if we live in a generation where nobody can find the commandments of god and they are looking for the commandments of god and they come to you they see we will find the commandments kept in your life our lives can keep god's commandments our lives can keep God's commandments. And the way we become keepers of his commandments is that we obey. We have to ruthlessly obey God. We have to obey God according, according to the speed of his word. As God is saying it be going. As God is saying it be going. And no commandment is trivial. No commandment should be trivialized. Every commandment is important. Place priority on the commandments of the Lord. Place priority on the commandments of the Lord. Everything the word of God says we should do, we must do. Everything. Understand that the commandments of God are not a suggestion. God is not saying, if you feel reason now, eh? if you can just reason it, forgive your brethren. If you can, if you can just reason it, give. If you can reason it, don't, don't be hypocritical. See, if you have time, pray. It is not a suggestion. It is not a suggestion. So when we see that a man is spiritually barren and unfruitful, it is because the man is not keeping the commandments of the Lord in his heart. It might look like he's doing it outwardly, but in his heart, this man is not keeping God's commandments. And we must keep the commandments of God. We must submit ourselves to keeping God's commandments. Every moment, it should be our preoccupation. What is the Lord saying now? Your to-do list. What is God saying to me now? What is God saying to me now? No, there's this song that says, What is your fragrance? What are you saying now? I love your presence. I love your presence. What is your fragrance? What are you saying now? We need to pant after the Lord. We need to truly desire Jesus. Jesus, what are you saying? What will you have me do? What do you want me to do right now? Right now, at this moment of my life. Don't be a historical Christian based on what you did five years ago for the Lord. What are you doing now? What are you doing? What's your preoccupation at this moment in your life? And this is why we must always go back to check with the Holy Ghost. The one that can set our hearts. To check if we are getting distracted. To check if something else is becoming Lord over our lives. And so many things can become Lord over our lives. So many things. So many things. It just takes the twinkle of an eye. And then you just see that you've lost God. 
So we must work out the salvation with fear and trembling. We must commit. We must, you see, when God was telling us, if you love me, keep my commandments, he factored in all the phases of your life. Oh, He knew what you would go through. He knew that you would have hard times. He knew that you get to a time in your life where you will marry. He knew that, ah, you will have a very hectic night to five. He knew, but he still said it. He still said it. He still said, keep my commandments. He knew that Lagos drivers would be annoying. He knew that dispatch riders once still annoyed me this evening. He knew that this dispatch riders will vex you. They will get on your nerves. But I say, keep my commandments. The second thing, let's move quickly. The second thing says, keep the brotherhood. Keep the brotherhood. Keep your brothers. Keep your brethren. See, eh? It's how great a disservice we do to ourselves, we do to our faith, when we don't keep our brothers, when we don't keep the brethren. And it's such a, it's, I mean, this, this particular point for me is very personal because I feel like there's a lot of selfishness. There's a lot of selfishness in the body of Christ. There's a lot of selfishness. Every man is looking out for himself. Every man, and that's the spirit of Cain. That's the spirit of Cain. That's exactly how Cain was. It was all about him. And you don't know when it will lead you to kill a brother. And killing a brother does not exactly putting a knife, does not exactly mean putting a knife to the person's neck. But your insensitivity, your lack of intercession, your lack of love, your lack of concern, those things kill your brothers. Look at what the Bible says in Genesis 4, 8 to 10. Because I find it, I find, I find that that conversation flow between between um between God and Cain very interesting. Eight. Now Cain talked with his with Abel his brother, and it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel his brother and killed him. Then the Lord said to Cain, hear the question, where is Abel, your brother? Where is Abel, your brother? He said, I do not know. Hear the next thing Cain said, am I my brother's keeper? This was the mindset that Cain had. I mean, I, I, I'm not supposed to be taking care of Abel. That's not my responsibility. That's not what I am about. That's not what... See, and you know, we hide under this scripture that says, um, live quiet lives, mind your business. That's not even what the Bible was really saying in that sense, right? But we, you know, we, we, we twist this scripture and then we make it convenient for our selfishness. You do not keep the brotherhood. Yeah, see, you are desensitizing your faith. You are desensitizing yourself. So you must always look out for the brethren. You must always look out for them. Look out for them in prayers. Look out for them in counsel. We should commit ourselves to looking out for them. This is Galatians 6 now. Galatians 6 was saying how that, um, if any of you is overtaken in a fault, let he who is stronger, let him, um, let him raise that one, right? I'm, I'm paraphrasing now. Let him who is stronger or spiritual, let him help 
that one. But I like what a particular translation says in, I think, about verse 3 or so. It then goes further to say that if, if any of you think that you are too important to stoop yourself low to help someone else. You see, we make flimsy excuses sometimes. Uh, I'm not the talking type. I'm not the relating type. I'm an introvert. That's why you don't, you are not praying for anybody. That's why you are not counseling anybody. That's why you are not mentoring anybody. That's why you don't even recognize when somebody is down. That's why you don't even know when something is going south with your brother. That's why your brother is, is struggling spiritually and you cannot pick it up. It, see, it is selfishness. You are not the talking type. You are not the relating type. Jesus is the dying type. No, he's the dying type. That's why he came to die. We must understand that our Christianity is not convenient. It is not supposed to be convenient. As a matter of fact, if it is convenient, you have a problem. If the Christianity that you are practicing is convenient, there's a very big problem. It's the first pointer to the fact. If you cannot remember the last time you made a sacrifice because of your faith, there's a problem, sir. If you cannot remember the last time you had to do something inconvenient because of the Holy Spirit, there's a problem. If everything that characterizes your life and your spiritual walk and your own, your own journey as a believer is convenience, comfort, soft life, reward, uh, something is wrong. Something is very wrong. So let's look at, um, this, I, 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 there's this analogy of being your brother's keeper life. I find so powerful, so, so powerful. We all know that there was a David that killed a Goliath, but do we know that there was a David that almost died? And if not for the fact that somebody was looking out for him, he would have died. If not that someone was looking out for him, David would have died. Second Samuel 21. Well, we're going to round up very soon. Second Samuel 21. 15 to 17. So I'm just going to read. It says, when the Philistines were at war again with Israel, David and his servants with him went down and fought against the Philistines. The Bible says, and David grew faint. Then Ishbi Benob, who was one of the sons of the giants, if, I mean, the giant here is Goliath. <laughs> you kill Goliath, but you're killing sons. So they're still out for you. Then Ishbi Benob, who was one of the sons of the giants, the weight of whose bronze spear was 300 shekels, who was bearing a new sword. The Bible says, thought he could, thought he could kill David. The Bible says, but Abishai, somebody say Abishai, <laughs> but Abishai, the son of Zeruiah. Ah, see, this thing that David received here is a reward of his own seeds of keeping his brothers. Because Abishai, son of Zeruiah, is one of his men in the army, right? He's one of his men in the army. And Zeruiah is his sister. Zeruiah was David's sister. Abishai, that means Abishai is David's nephew. And David literally raised Abish Abishai. I want to believe that Abishai was one of the men in the cave of Adullam. But Abishai, the son of Zeruiah, came to his aid and struck the Philistine and killed him. If he was not looking out for David, that's the end of David, day and day. 
there and then. David would have died because he had already grown faint. You need to be looking out for someone. You need to be looking out for your brethren. Let's make it a habit to ask people, how are you doing? Are you good? Do I need to pray with you about something? Let's actively pray for people. God is a revealer. He shows things. Let's, don't just, don't be all about yourself. Don't be all about yourself. The thing I would say that helps us, right? That helps our hearts is keeping your body under control. 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 First Corinthians 9, 27. I mean, this is quite a popular scripture. And when we say keeping your body under control, I understand that the what might readily come to mind is sexual purity. But it's also important for us to understand that your body is everything. Your body is everything. Your mouth, what you say with your mouth. What you say with your mouth, what you watch with your ears. On Sunday, Pastor was was telling us to guard our gates, your eye gates, your ear gates. Ensure that you are not watching everything. You are not listening to everything. <laughs> because your is precious. The enemy is on a rampage looking for how to corrupt, to steal, to kill, to destroy your faith. And you have to treat it is until you see until you value that faith and you carry it with so much preciousness you can lose it you can lose it so you have to keep your body under control like i was saying you know you can't live a convenient life you cannot be living life based on comfort no you can't and today, you know, I really just want to encourage us, go back and introspect. This is feedback season. You're asking everybody for feedback. You're asking your HOD. You're asking pastors. You know, you're asking your boss at work. You're asking your boo, your bae. Take a minute to ask God. God, how am I doing? How did I do this year? What do I need to work on? Get feedback from God. The premise of our godliness should not be the eyes of men. How sincere and fervent is your faith when no one is watching? How sincere and fervent is your faith when no one is watching? It's a very important question. So the title of tonight's... Um, I said I should do pastor style. <laughs> the title of tonight's teaching is BTS Shots. BTS Shots, that's behind the scene shots. So if we play your BTS shots, right? If we just get those files and we play them, will it be consistent with what you display on the outside? Will it be consistent with what you display on the outside? We need to get to that point where what is going on in our heart is consistent with what we show outside, what we show externally what we display to people we have to get to that point so let's just sing this song together tonight as we just spend about two minutes praying i would like us to genuinely pray and the prayer is very simple search me lord in all my ways search me lord search me lord and be sincere about it nobody's above the searching of god it doesn't matter you know 
whether you feel like you just started your work with God, there can't be so much, or you've been here for a long time. Search me, Lord, in all my ways. See if there is any evil way. So we're going to sing this song. Pierce through me, cut through me, open me up. Do your surgical work in me till I see like you see. Yes, through me, cut through me, open me up. Do your surgical work in me till I see like you see. Kando shagadala kada bring us to the vatali ande kada bandu sukatabi ande kavaha. Father, we pray, we pray that every one of us would actually submit our hearts for you to search us and we will take the feedback that you have for us so that we will not be barren and unfruitful believers that we will treat our faith as precious we will value our faith we will not cast our faith our precious faith before swine we will not allow the world tread upon our faith father we would hold our faith with so much preciousness and we would value it every day of our lives Lord, we receive every correction, every rebuke, every instruction that you have for us. That we might be better believers, that we might look more like you. We may look more like you and we may reflect your glory as it should be. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you so much, tribesmen, for having me tonight. I hope that really blessed us. Thank you. Over to you. What a word. For more messages, connect with our tribesmen across all social media platforms at PowerPoint Tribe.